Thank you for joining us for another special interview here on the Miskatonic University Podcast. I have with me Brett Kramer, who is the publisher and main lead on the Arkham Gazette from Sentinel Hill Press. Hello. And we've got this uh, chat going because issue number three of the Arkham Gazette is currently on Kickstarter as of recording 10 days to go on it. And it's doing very well. Thankfully, yes. <laughs> yeah, you hit your funding goal when, within what, about a day or two? I think it was day one. Yeah, it was it was day really. I launched it at, at like eleven o'clock at night because I had wrangle a few things. But within twenty four hours of it launching, was it was funded? I think just just barely. It was like a hundred. I'm looking at the chart here. One hundred five percent. Nice. So, but now we're now we're two hundred fifty five percent. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's been it's been very edifying to see people are interested in the Arkham Gazette. Yeah. Well, your previous issues were both really, really well done and put together. So Thank you. This is going to be a very fun, nice new resource for keepers and players and just enthusiasts of the area. I hope so. I'm certainly happy with how things have turned out so far, and I'm enjoying working on it. Yeah. And this is the first of the issues that you're now an official Chaosium licensee, so you can have game information in it. Yes, I am indeed. I can charge money for it, yeah. <laughs> which is the other thing. <laughs> now it's more of a business thing than a, yes. know, hey, I put this cool thing together. Please read it. Well, you know, hopefully now that we can charge money for it, we can then pay people to write for it and have actual layout people do layout instead of me tinkering in Word and yeah. sort of feeling feeling my way there. Yeah, I, I've found that a good layout person is really, really valuable. Yes, yeah, so our, our layout for this issue is Chris Huth, uh, who's a Canadian artist and writer and layout artist, and I don't know all of his resume, but I have a link to it on our Kickstarter. So see his previous work there. And I see you've got Ian McLean on there, who's a yeah, we've friend of the got show. Got some art from him, indeed. And, uh, and Joshua Meadows. Yes. And maybe a few others. We'll see how things turn out with the Kickstarter and what people's availability is yeah. at this busy time of year. Um, we're hoping to get the issue, at least some preview out to backers soon after the, the Kickstarter closes and try to get the PDF out by the end of January. The issue is mostly written at this point. I'm still editing and correcting and filling in some gaps here and there. But we don't. this is not a project where we you know, ask for money and then start writing. It's more we wrote it now. We're uh, trying to put it together. Excellent. Yeah, the you have the list of topics in here, and that's a very, a very full magazine. Yeah, well, it's it's. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm sort of going with an easy one for Lovecraft Country. That that's, so the magazine uh, for people who don't know is um, all about the Lovecraft Country setting for the Call of Cthulhu RPG. Although a lot of the stuff is is applicable, you know, both outside of Call of Cthulhu and outside of Lovecraft Country. It's uh, a setting I particularly enjoyed gaming in both as a player and a game master, um, not just because you get to sort of go through some of the, the Lovecraft's, you know, fictional places, but, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's an easy place for a, especially new keeper to start since you've got, you know, good source books, for the, the towns, you have sort of an idea of what they're like from the fiction and there's, you know, a really wide body of scenario supports as well. So it all comes together pretty well. Uh, but so you know, the the magazine is for the Lovecraft country setting, and you know this issue's topic is witchcraft, and hopefully 
Um, it was not hard to find things to talk about <laughs> yeah. when it came to witchcraft uh, in Lovecraft country. So, yeah, we've got a you know, whole wide range of, of topics. I mean, you know, one of the things I like to try to include in the, the Gazette is a mixture of real-world history um, for inspiration um, as well as you know, uh, fic- fictional, you know, either from Lovecraft or other authors. So, you know, sort of surveying the actual witch, you know, just sort of a short pocket history of the witch trials, not – not replacing the many very good books you could buy, but you know, give you give you a little bit more uh, focus on the RPG side of things, or at least how it might tie into Arkham and Kingsport and the towns of Lovecraft Country. Um, you know, a bit hopefully more useful than a Wikipedia article, but not as useful as reading a four hundred page book. Yeah. So um, you know, but other real world topics like the you know colonial folk magic. Um, you know, the the people in the witch trials, you know, weren't probably you know, writing broomsticks and talking to Satan, but people were casting, you know, spells to, you know, divine what the first initial of their future husband would be, or I'm trying to think of the other things they did, you know, protect themselves from which everybody, you know, believed magic was terrible, but lots of people cast spells to protect themselves from witchcraft (laughs) or, you know, by the, you know, one of the things people would do would be create something called a witch bottle, which would be, if you thought someone was bewitching you, you would put your, um, what most magical texts politely refer to as your water, which is another way of saying urine, um, into a bottle with pins or needles or something that would, you know, be unpleasant, and then sealing it up and putting it in your, burying it under your like doorstep or hiding it in the roof of your house as a talisman to protect you from magic. This is something people, you know, actually did. Wow. <laughs> it's, you know, it's and you know, they've not found any in New England, but they have found some a lot in England and. Others and I think uh, Philadelphia and a few other places in the U.S. But we have, you know, that's part of an article on, you know, what sort of folk magic people cast. Just so you know, if you have, say, uh, you know, characters investigating witchcraft or they find a strange old bottle in a house, um, you know, that's what it actually is. Yeah. Or just to you know to give some color to witchcraft instead of just sort of you know going with the Hollywood, um, you know, uh, shooting. I don't know. Death rate. I don't know what I mean, Hollywood witches do other than, you know, dance around and be in the crucible. <laughs> yeah. They they essentially lately they've been made into kind of a catch all term for somebody that's capable of like ridiculous levels of supernatural <laughs> power. Yeah, I must admit I've avoid I avoided watching Salem out of a fear it would either infuriate or <laughs> annoy me based on some reviews and uh <laughs> I think the last season of American Horror Story had witches in New Orleans, and having seen part of the first season and not really enjoying it, I decided not to. You know, I, I don't have enough time in my life to watch that hate watch anything. Yeah. So you know, so we have some articles on real sort of the real history. Oh, the another thing I found interesting were there are alchemists in New England. None of them were executed though, uh, and none of them were quite as terrible as Joseph Kerwin from. Uh, the, the Lovecraft story, the case of Charles Dexter Ward, but you know, I, I think I think it's an interesting thing that certain types of magic were, you know, were viewed as socially acceptable. I mean, not not always the most above board thing, but when you've got you know the son of the governor of you know the future governor of Connecticut is sending people off to the wilderness trying to look for magic spots, <laughs> I think that's a great you know great hook for a scenario or game. Yeah, well, Lovecraft did that a lot. He took real things and twisted it just a bit. Oh, most definitely. I mean, yeah, or th- at least or things he thought were real, like uh, Margaret Murray's The Witch Cult in Western Europe was really influential on Lovecraft. And one of the sort of lesser known uh, sections in the back is talking about the the existence of dwarves. It's a it's a small it's a short chapter, uh, but Murray basically proposes that you know these dwarves were a 
you know, another race of men, you know, from prehistoric times that were driven underground and would teach, you know, people would te- would had interacted with the witch cult and were the base of the legend legend of fairies. And, you know, it, it, you can draw a pretty straight line between those, you know, underground dwelling magic teachers uh, to Lovecraft's ghouls. Yeah. So, and uh, uh, our, one of our writers, Christopher Smith Adair, did that and did a great article talking about, you know, the history of the relationship between witches and ghouls that Lovecraft kind of traces out in Pickman's model. Okay. So, you know, we've got that. Um, you know, we've got articles, some couple pseudo historical documents. Um, you know, an Arkham history book discussion of Goody Fowler, the witch who was hanged by a mob, I think in 1703 or 1704. Um, and then we have a, a rather unfortunate uh, Miskatonic University students research notes on the unvisited island in the Miskatonic that uh, comes up in Dreams in the Witch House where uh, Keziah Mason would and Brown Jenkin would be up to no good. And uh, this unfortunate graduate student uh, let's just say they go missing, but we have their research notes, and that was uh, that was written. So the Goody Fowler article is written by Dan Harms, uh, who wrote the encyclopedia, the Cthulhu Mythos Encyclopedia, or whatever it's currently titled, and uh, our Unvisited Island articles by Chris Jaraka Ernst, who did the um, Cthulhu Mythos bi- bibliography and concordance. So I think they know what they're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> we've also I'm just I'll run mention a couple other articles. We have something on. Um, you know how to sort of build a witch NPC as a you know make them a more compelling villain by Tyler Hudak. An article in Ibn Shakabau, um, who's quoted at the start of the festival when he says, um, "Happy is the town at night whose wizards are all ashes." We have a, a historical analysis of this fictional fellow, um, this fictional Arabic writer who did not care for witches so much. And then also a piece on familiars by Chris Huth. And then a couple things I wrote, one taking a bit of a Durlith story called Witch's Hollow and making it a, a new place around Arkham, something on the sort of, you know, what what mythos god a witch would worship and how that might influence the witch, you know, since I would assume a Shub Niggurath worshipping witch is rather different than one who worships Yog sothoth Yeah. They're all they're all terrible, but they've got a different flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe a different agenda. Yes, one one is going to strap you to a rock and have you be eaten by a dark young, and the other one's going to strap you to a rock and have you be eaten by Yog sothoth It's a real difference in how you're horribly murdered. Yeah. So, and then, uh, you know, a couple other things in a profile of, of the colonial era pamphlet, Evil Sorceries Done in New England of Demons in No Human Shape, which is just a fun title. Um, and then a scenario called The Queen of Night, um, which is about an old Arkham family that has a terrible taint and the curse that follows them, which, of course, goes back to the time of the witch trials. Nice. And a couple other odds and ends, but I think that's a lot of stuff to cover. So Yeah, it is. That's a very full document, even if each one's only, you know, a couple of pages, which I imagine some of them will be more than that. It's, that's a lot of content. Yeah, we're about 46,000 words. All of the outside authors have gotten their stuff in, and I'm currently in the process of editing and doing a bit of expansion on the scenario. We do have a stretch goal that we've reached. Uh, Kevin Ross, who wrote both the Kingsport and Innsmouth guidebooks, is going to do a short scenario set in Kingsport involving a figure known as the Wizard of Kingsport. I think he's entitling it Bones of Contention. Nice. Yes, so that's exciting. I'm very happy to have him. You know, we've hit a bunch of our stretch goals, actually. The An uh, article on the autopsy of Walter Gilman by Graham Price, who if you're a Delta Green fan, you may know him from his various medical journal articles and uh, autopsy reports. 
He is doing the same for us here. Oh, he also wrote an article on which – an actual you know, medical article on what was called witch marks, which were these imagined um, nipples basically that witches would feed their familiars with. Oh. Um, and he and he looked at it from a, a, you know, a medical standpoint from today, but also a, a gaming standpoint of how you know what sort of relationship one might have, to, you know, these magical things might have in reality, or even to you know how you might summon up your own familiar, but you have a downside of having to have this weird growth, or you know, which mythos beings might be related to having a weird growth. And so it's a it's a great look there. Um, and Dean Engelhart also from Cthulhu Reborn has done a bunch of um, or is working on a series of various PDFs for us of um, Arkham or Lovecraft Country newspaper banner headlines. So if you want to make up your own copy of, say, the Kingsport Chronicle or the Arkham Gazette, for example, or the Arkham Transcript, or you can do that. He's also uh, working on making our handouts look good. He did the layout of our two fake documents, the Goody Fowler article and the Unvisited Island one. So, you know, it's uh, much more pretty than it would be when my hands were the sole set upon which we're working this issue. Yeah, yeah. Dean's work has been really just amazing. Yeah, it's gorgeous. He's a great prop master. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, getting him for this project is definitely quite the boon. Yes, I'm very happy. He's, He's a really good guy, and he's willing to help out. So I know he's got a lot of projects in the pipeline and uh, he's been very generous with his time. So I greatly appreciate that as well as I do, of course, for pretty much everyone who's pitched in since they were doing it on spec at this point. But you know, it's been, I've been, I felt a lot of support from the community and that's fantastic. You guys included the members of the Og Sothoth community, random people who I don't know who email me nice things. One guy who said he's never played Call of Cthulhu, but he likes the Arkham horror board game and this magazine looks neat. So I am very happy to take his money. Oh, yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, we do have a, a couple different um, pledge levels. Sadly, our $75 one where you get to either use your name or the name of someone you choose as the one of the victims of our witch in the uh, scenario. The Queen of Night has all filled up, but you can still get a portrait of yourself as a rat thing <laughs> at the $40 level with Chris Huth. will uh, convert you or someone you, you love into a horrible rat monster. And uh, you, or if you want to spend a little more for fifty bucks, you can get him doing you as any sort of Lovecraftian monster or Lovecraftian monster victim. <laughs> so, and then you know, if you want to, if you want to drop a uh, hundred fifty dollars, you can get a custom article in the future. One person has done that. No one has chipped in for the seven hundred fifty dollar level where you could have a custom scenario written up to ten thousand words. Or the $2,500 level, which is you pick the topic of the issue. So if anyone's discovered a sack full of gold, <laughs> yes. those, are still, those are still open. Okay, so there, there are worthy uh, things to be able to drop there extra. But our, I mean, the, the base cost, if you just want the PDF of the issue, is only $7. So I know people are off-strapped around the holidays, and I know this is not the best time of year to run a Kickstarter. But for, for 7 bucks, you can get a PDF copy of the issue. Um, and for twenty, you can get the the first three. Our first three issues were reissuing issues one and two, um, an improved layout and some uh, text adjustments, and at least in the case of issue number two, a new article, possibly number one. I'm still trying to work out the details for that, um, based on how long it would be and how much it would, if it would impact the cost of printing. Uh, but we do have a print on demand option available for a little bit extra. Uh, I, you can go to the website and sort of work that out. We've unlocked a print-on-demand for issue three. Um, our latest stretch goal unlocked a print-on-demand option for issue one, and we are currently $160. 
just got a new backer, $160 out from unlocking a print uh, print-on-demand option for issue two, which would cover all of our regular issues. Issue zero is sort of a demo issue I worked on myself. Um, it's about – there's been redone and I'm just waiting to – Put that up in a maybe over the weekend, hopefully, um, of a demo of what the the new magazine, the revamped magazine, will look like. So I don't think I'll do a print-on-demand option for that since it's relatively short and um, you know doesn't have the same sort of depth of articles. But it that is available as a free sample. Oh, um, if you want to see what the, the Gazette looks like, yeah. Oh, make sure and link to that. So I will definitely let you know when that is done. I am just correcting some typos that I discovered through my 80th reread, um, including one in an article headline. So I'm glad I have some people helping with proofreading now. <laughs> yeah, it helps a lot. Oh, yes. I was. I read a book recently that listed its proofreader as um, uh, spell check, and I sort of shuddered at the prospect. But luckily, it was better written than I had feared from that line. But <laughs> spell check is only so good. Yeah. Yeah, there are limitations. You need human eyes. Yes, and having people interested in reading what you're writing is always a good feeling, too. So it's mm-hmm. a great one, too, there. Um, so, yeah, our stretch goals were closing in on a print-on-demand version of issue two at $4,250. $4,250 will get another batch of um, PDFs from Dean, and he can work on improving the couple handouts we had in issues one and two. Um, and then... I think I'm going to probably – I'm still calculating how much this will cost um, just for an issue. But I think if we reach $6,500, um, that will cover the expense of putting out issue number four. And anyone who backs at the $20 level or above would get an issue, a PDF of issue four whenever it comes out, hopefully by August. But that's not set in stone yet since I don't want to promise anything quite. But I, that is what I'm looking for for sort of an end goal stretch goal um sort of a biggie there yeah and probably a few things on the on the on the way i'm just trying to avoid anything that would slow down production yeah you know adding on another three scenarios would be lovely but you know i don't want to have this come out you know january of 2017 yeah exactly i'm trying to do on the golden goblin press model where they you know sort of set hard deadlines and you know really push themselves to get things all set so that's that's i think a good system to go with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. You've got a very realistic plan laid out here. I hope so. It's been, my toddler has been deciding that she doesn't want to go to bed till 11, 10 or 11 o'clock at night, which has been, shall we say, cutting into some of my writing and editing time, but uh, <laughs> I'm doing what I can. I'm seeing that uh, you've got a ideas here for future plans. Yes. Graveyards of Lovecraft Country, which we've had you on the show previously, and we know that you've got quite the affinity for exploring New England graveyards. Yeah, they were a, a great, there's sort of a one of the few public spaces you can go and see artwork from the 17th century, if, if you're fortunate enough to live or at least be visiting um, New England. So I you know, sort of found those to be a great sort of resource and considering the, the nature of call of Cthulhu and especially you know, the number of times cemeteries and graveyards show up in Lovecraft stories, it seemed like it might be an interesting sort of um, guidebook and resource for both the actual, you know, um, graveyards in Lovecraft, you know, the you know, Arkham, Innsmouth, et cetera, but also just a general guide to sort of cemeteries loosely, but especially the new England ones. There's obviously, you know, there are differences between, you know, a cemetery that was established in 1628 versus one that was put together in 1928. But, you know, just how those would work, how they'd operate, who would be in charge of them, you know, what you might find there, what you can learn from them. 
uh, you know, I've, I've done some research on, you know, say gravestone records and how if you needed to look up the grave of, you know, old wizard Jones, how you'd find <laughs> wizard Jones's burial spot. You know, if that would be known, you know, if he, it would be known if he was buried in the 18th century, because most places were required to keep better records, unless, of course, there was a tragic and mysterious fire uh, <laughs> destroyed the funeral home. But, you know, the what, gravestones, graveyards, the sort of entities one might encounter. I've got an annotated list of all the scenarios I can find that feature. I mean, you know, some of them will mention might include a, a mention, but anything that actually features a, a cemetery or graveyard. Or that might fit pretty well into that sort of uh, setting. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a passion project of mine, but I think it will be of wider use and interest. Hopefully, we can include a scenario in that as well. So that's that's sort of a down the line project, or at least a you know after other than issue four, which we have no official plans for yet, and we'll solicit submissions for that once issue three is out the door. Yeah, I don't want to start working on that till that's set. You know, I've had some general talks with. An author who has a set linked three scenario campaign um, involving Haster set in and around Arkham, which is sort of a you know twenty sixteen sort of project. But I, I you know that's a very exciting one, interesting. But I don't want to put too much. I don't want to have too much vaporware out there. So I'll mention that it's an, an an idea stage only at this point. But if you've read issue one, the Arkham issue, um, the, the author of that the scenario, the Bosworth House, um, Ben Wenham is sort of the guy behind the Haster campaign idea. So if you like the Bosworth house in issue one, I think you'd probably like his Haster centered campaign, which I think is tentatively called stranger still, but I've, I've seen the first of the trio of scenarios for that. And it's fascinating. So, but that's, that's further down the pike. Yeah. And for anybody who's curious about the Lovecraft uh, country graveyards, if you follow the link that's on the Kickstarter done under future plans that goes to a page on Brett's website, sentinelhillpress.wordpress.com, and there's a short six page PDF of kind of a, a preview. Oh, yeah, I, I worked up that for um, for our backers for in the spring or supporters in the spring, sort of an idea of what it would be like. So, yeah, it's a, for a, a fictional island off the coast um, that I was working on for a scenario with uh, Keith Herbert before he died. Uh-huh. So at some point I'd like to release something about that island as well, but that's that's further down the line since you know I don't know how much draw there is for a fictional island that only I created. <laughs> but we'll see. But it's nice to have that, that little taste of ideas yes. there. You know, sometimes it doesn't take much for a keeper to, to come up with a cool idea to bring into the game. If nothing else, you get to see a lot of neat pictures, illustrations of all kinds of different tombstone art, gravestone art by Galen Peugeot. Um, and you're working from real world ones, but certainly including some things you probably wouldn't find on any real gravestone. Oh, and I'm also selling off my stock of um, my actual history guide or the actual guidebook I wrote for um, Necronomicon 2013 for the actual graveyards of Providence, which is a visitor's guide with a special focus on their connection to H.P. Lovecraft. So some of them he had no interest or mention of, but places like St. John's Churchyard, um, he not only visited and liked to take people to for, on a lark, but uh, wrote a poem about. So <laughs> that's all that's available for five, just $5 as an add-on. If anybody wants a copy, I've got a box of them in my office so oh excellent that's yes that's including shipping i think it's a little bit more if you're in europe or outside of the u.s but it's just another way it's a way for me to clean both clean out my office and let people see um what it looked like so that's a real guide not just a that's not fic that's not an rpg resource but it is um you know all about the sort of stone carvers who made the gravestones there and the 12 15 graveyards that are 
are or were in Providence. So if you ever want to visit Providence, you can learn a lot about where they buried folk. <laughs> and you know that, and, the how, and also how that ties into some of Lovecraft's writing, because the fact of moved cemeteries um, turns up in the shunned houses is a major plot point, since they weren't very good at moving all the bodies. Yeah, and where Benefit Street runs now used to be all the family graveyards of Providence. Oh. So that sort of real world stuff can have a you know an easy you know uh, entry entry for keepers into coming up with a scenario idea. I mean, all you'd have to do is. Watch Poltergeist, read a little Lovecraft, and you could probably put something together. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't uh, take much of a stretch to go from this to that. I would certainly hope not. <laughs> and if anybody has ideas for whenever you come out with like future issue topics, what's the process for sending in ideas for articles? Well, I mean, there's a link on the Sentinel. So our website is sentinelhillpress.wordpress.com, and... That actually has on the header there an item for submissions. I need to update that once the Kickstarter concludes to add in the fact that I'm looking to pay three cents a word for articles. But there's a submissions link at the top there. And if you want to email the long email address of Arkham Gazette Magazine at gmail.com, um, there's also a link there on, on the magazine. We also have a Google Plus group and a Facebook page, which you could contact me through. Um, but the the submissions link has a guide to you know ideas for submissions. Um, you know, I, our first three issues have had a theme, um, which I've mostly suggested as a writing prompt for myself and our other authors. But you know, if I get a range of stuff for issue four, I, I'm not wedded to the theme idea. Um, the only thing I'm not really looking for are um, reviews and fiction because um, there are reviews the internet's a better place for reviews generally fiction there are a lot of other places for fiction you know i don't want to i don't need anyone's investigators statted up unless you can make them a useful npc um, in a game if you can find a real world person who did the same thing and you can write a biography of them that's fantastic though we've had two so far uh, an expert on um, rune inscriptions in new england and uh, or glyph petroglyph inscriptions and then um an expert on um, aquatic life and uh, Asian pottery who showed up on our Innsmouth issue. But, um, you know, there's a guide there for what we're looking for. Um, really just send me a proposal and, you know, sort of, uh, you know, or even just a draft and we can work from there. Okay. So, I, you know, it's, I would especially like to encourage people who have maybe not pub been published before because I think, you know, it's while it's, I, I'm really glad to see some returning authors and some real talented writers. You know, I don't think that's the limit of all of the people who can do good work for, for the game. And, you know, especially if you're starting out, I'm hopefully a relatively gentle editor, not going to yell at you and say you're a terrible person. You know, even if you spell cemetery with an A, which I did in the first issue. So <laughs> we've all been there. But yeah, definitely anyone who's interested in submitting should please submit. So long as it has some connection to Lovecraft Country. Um, pr preferably in the 20s, if you want to do a historical piece from about the period before, that's a great background material. Um, even the 1890s, you know, uh, that's, you know, if you want to do a gaslight campaign set, then that would be fantastic. Even, you know, going into the modern period. I know there's the Arkham Now book. We've not covered it, but if there's enough interest, I could always, you know, do it as well. So I really sort of I'm trying to follow, you know. Not just my own interest in what I want to write, but what other people want to read. All right. That's fantastic. Well, I think we've covered pretty much everything that Issue 3 is going to be providing for folks and some ideas on potential future things. So uh, just wanted to say thank you very much, Brett, for coming on and sharing the info. Thank you. 
happy to chat and tell people about it. And I'm, I look forward to coming back with future issues. Absolutely. Hope everyone likes it when it's ready. Thank you.